Cheery start to the podcast. This is Unviable, an all new podcast in your ears in what has turned out to be quite a strange old time of our lives. Yes, the Miley Cyrus taking over the world in a way we could have never thought possible. I mean, over this time, I've annihilated Netflix, produced a half decent banana bread, um, and unfortunately, that's about it. But back to Unviable. The definition of Unviable in the dictionary, I've been informed, is not capable of working successfully semicolon not feasible and that is what the theatre industry in the arts has been labelled as according to the government we are not viable well my friends unviable is a podcast i've created to talk to a host of people in the theatre profession some may have worked for centuries others may have just started their first job i want to talk to all these unviable layabouts about what their careers have entailed how they started their training their credits and how corona has affected them personally and don't fear this will only take about 10 to 15 minutes of your time now a government believes that our industry should give up this theater rubbish and get a real job even though we have put millions upon millions into the economy but who cares about money eh well i don't really want to get into that but my aim is to show you that there are people out there uh, in this industry And they are people at the end of the day, like you, who have partners, friends, families, hobbies, they go to the pub, and so forth. And they work for a living. And work bloody hard. I mean, eight shows a week ain't a walk in the park, I tell you that. And we're not even going to get started on all the shows of Panto. So, please, have a listen to these personal stories of all these unviable people, and to show you that theatre and the arts isn't some hobby. Yes, it's a dream to begin with, but... When you turn that into reality and then into a career, it is a meaningful one and it's relevant and it should never be thought of as unnecessary. So straight on to my first guest, who is Michael Matus. Michael, how you been? Uh, Yeah, good. I mean, as good as one can be in a global pandemic. (laughs) Um, I mean, let's just start from uh, baby Michael. Uh, How did the theatre bug hit you? Uh, baby Michael, uh, well, when baby Michael got a little brother, um, I think that's kind of when it all started really, cause, uh, I just, um, lived to entertain my little brother. Uh, and, uh, he's got a very infectious laugh. So the more, uh, I made him laugh, the more kind of, uh, important it seemed to me to just make him laugh all the time. And so we still do it, but I mean, that's literally how it started. I wasn't really... Uh, pushed by my parents in any of that direction. It was just the started with the simple pleasure of seeing my brother laugh at stuff that I did. Um, so that's when that's went... really sweet. <laughs> it's literally, I, I can't think of a a single other person who's responsible for it. Other yeah. Than me. What a, what yeah. A, you know what a lovely thing to say. Um, so that that again, I guess that you know spread over many years of being together. Um, and then when you're sort of late teenage, a late teenager, how did it sort of progress? Well, I just had, I was, had a lovely school and a, a really lovely English teacher who directed plays and he just uh, really sort of uh, took me under his wing and uh, 
gave me nice parts to play at school and then uh, went to Bristol University and I think I just lucked out at Bristol. I just seemed to enter a year of talent there. The likes of Hetty McDonald, who's just directed Normal People, uh, Simon Beresford, who's one of the best agents in the world, Jason Isaacs, who's, you know, uh, an evil bastard. Um, <laughs> and, uh, uh, just a whole load of extraordinarily talented people. And I got to be in plays with them all when we were kidding around at 18, 19 years old at uni. So that Wonderful. was where it started and then got into RADA. So that was the, that was the next uh, piece. So it wasn't theatre that you studied at Bristol? No, I studied history. Uh, I was going to study English at Southampton, but I got into Bristol through the clearing system uh, last minute. Uh, but if I if I was to go to Bristol, I had to I had to study history, which I, I really enjoyed actually. So um, I'm glad I did that. And also, I think Bristol just has an amazing union. Uh, certainly had in those days for uh, for life and dram. Yeah, great. So and then you went to the Radar. People always say the wrong. <laughs> it's literally the most impossible thing to say without sounding like a twat. Yeah, it is. It actually is. It's impossible. So, yeah. <laughs> and uh, how long did you study acting for there? Three years. Uh, we were the first three year course. It used to be shorter, but um, we were three years. Again, just surrounded by ridiculous talent Adrian Esther, Rufus Norris, Tim McMullen. And the list is endless. And uh, we also had amazing teachers there. Doreen Cannon uh, taught acting there and she was just phenomenal, just pushed you right over the edge uh, into places, uh, you know, uncomfortable places, but places where, uh, you know, the real gold is. So uh, just so lucky to, to have uh, that kind of talent. Um, yeah. So over three years, it was a very intense period that you sort of covered an array of acting it was so intense uh, instead of acting being about showing off to your younger brother it became clear that acting was was about reflecting life in the most truthful possible way you can in a way that meant you had to search deep into your soul for your own truths you know which i realized there was a whole load of stuff that needs to be unearthed there for uh, a slightly less manic uh, uh calmer version of me to emerge um uh, so i've got rather to thank for that really we all have Rada to thank for that. Oh, God! Yeah. <laughs> I can't not sound like a twat. <laughs> so, so it was Bristol, then it was the Rada, and then you've had an amazing career. Um, can you give us some highlights of uh, the productions that you've been a part of? Well, I sort of um, started in the 90s, and it was just... Uh, it was just like, I, was, I think I was third choice for this part called Philip Wakeham in The Mill on the Floss for shared experience. But that was like a real catapult for me. It was like the most amazing project. Everyone who saw it just uh, really loved it. And, um, and I, I got loads of work from it. So uh, that was a huge thing. And I worked with shared experience through the 90s, actually doing lots of different stuff with them, like Jane Eyre. Um, but I guess because there was bits of singing involved in that, I also got approached by uh, Siobhan Brack, who was casting Martin Gare at the time. And she said, oh, do you fancy being in a musical? And I said, no, uh, I, didn't <laughs> think, um, I didn't think that was the direction I was going to go in at all. I was sort of uh, dreaming to be like having the Dustin Hoffman style career. Um, but my agent said, you should probably audition for this. Uh, and then luckily 
I did, and I got the part. Declan Donnellan turned out to be the uh, incredible director, and uh, I, again, I just continued learning through the 90s and then got to have my little stint at the RSC, as you do, and did seven shows with them. So, yeah, just, well, work, work tends to generate work, you know. I mean, obviously, agents have got a lot to do with it as well. Yeah, but, of course. Uh, it was it was a case of yeah work spawning work a lot of the time amazing so you've you've worked sort of across the uk have you got any theaters that you have worked in that you you know you'd really like to go back to or you've had crucible. particularly happy times crucible at sheffield. the crucible in sheffield is is the best stage uh in the world as far as i can work out i don't know quite what it is it's just the there's a kind of a uh it's sort of it's an enormous stage, so it's an almost rectangular stage, uh, and the auditorium is almost surrounding it. Uh, so you get this kind of involvement uh, of the audience, but like you would in a studio theatre, but there's loads of them. So it's somehow you can remain intimate, even though there's a thousand people out there. It's a, a fantastic space and it's an amazing building, actually. I really, really love working there. I did uh, Comedy of Errors there um, in sort of mid noughties uh, which was for some reason set in, in, in an LA swimming pool, but it was a fantastic production. Oh, where I want to be right now. Oh, wouldn't we just? <laughs> um, and then, so apart from Sheffield, what other um, other theatres have you enjoyed working at? Well, I mean, I've done about four, four or five shows at the Gilgood for some reason. Um, it, it's sort of, uh, anytime there's a West End contract, it always seems to be the Gilgood. <laughs> so uh, I've, I know that building really, really well. And there's, there's something intensely magical about a Victorian theatre, you know, and currently, of course, we miss it so much. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just that, the, the, the endless stairs, uh, the chandeliers, I mean, it's just, it's sort of lush, basically. It's yeah, nice of course. Time. So in terms of your favourite shows that you've done, obviously this can be a very hard question, but can you pick out one or two productions that you're most proud of? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did a... I, did a, I have a... I've really struggled to, to get cast in shows that last more than two months. I don't know whether <laughs> I'm just like need to be avoided, like um, some kind of jinx, but... Um, Michael the Curse. <laughs> No, just don't even go there. <laughs> really nice. Um, uh, I did a workshop of Lend Me a Tenor, uh, which then went to Plymouth for a tryout uh, and then uh, went into the Gilgood um, uh, in about 2010 and came out of the Gilgood about nine weeks later. And it was such a good show. And we were just getting such great audience responses, standing ovations. It was the album's amazing and uh, stuff that, you know, it was the cast just seemed incredibly tight. And we, uh, we, we were imagining, me and Damien Humbly, who were playing the sort of the two tenors in it, we had dreams of uh, doing that show for four years, you know, touring it around the world. So it all came crashing around our feet nine weeks later. Producers uh, uh, couldn't uh, ride over a very dry summer. Uh, uh, Cameron's theatre, we were in Cameron's theatre at the time and uh, that he kept the rents up. It was just a frustrating time, you know, and that, that yeah, money at the end of the day. Yeah, you know, such a shame. Yeah. That was a good one. 
Yeah. yeah and then any others that you um, that are a uh, highlight? Um, there's a there's a beautiful score of a musical called Imagine This, which uh, which I did in two thousand seven at the New London, uh, two thousand eight actually, and um, uh, it, it's really worth getting the score of that show. You know, we don't. We, I think we can hold our hands up and say we didn't quite get the book right, but it was a stunning show about. Uh, a, a troupe of Jewish actors in a Warsaw ghetto in 1942 uh, who put on a piece of uh, theatre that ostensibly was just kind of like to uh, to keep people's spirits up, but it was also uh, a piece of anti-Nazi propaganda, uh, and uh, it was it was a really it was a really strong piece. It was really really good, and I, I, I highly recommend anybody getting the score of that because you could still get it. I think. Um, and uh, oh, I mean, I've done uh, I've done a few bits and bobs um, with the RSC that I'm really proud of. Canterbury Tales was amazing. Did that in London. They Chaucer. Uh, that was fantastic. Um, and uh, I think really going back in through the years now. But but Jane Eyre and those shows I did with, with shared experience. Another floss Jane Eyre. It's not every day you get to be a dog for two and a half <laughs> and, that, I, and i'm that, sure you're wonderful in it as well michael well i mean you know i, I would <laughs> not to blow my own trumpet huh? <laughs> people did guess that i was <laughs> half and a half staffy so you know that's, <laughs> nice too, right? uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's that. really wonderful and obviously you've had such an amazing career and you know long may it continue um into the corona um debate and you know um how do you view the future of theater and you know and how do you think normality will re will resume that's such a good question i mean i think you could argue that theater has been dying for decades but i don't think it ever will die you know if we go back to pre-tv times when theater was the only way that you could uh, in enjoy a bit of entertainment um, uh, there was a lot more of it and uh, it had a much larger following. Um, uh, then, of course, the onset of TV and film put theatre into uh, its own little kind of niche spot. Uh, and we've been kind of fighting that little corner for a long time now. So this particular fight is just sort of a continuation of that, it seems to me. You know, we're... We're, we're, we're getting very upset and very angry because we're hearing Tory politicians, uh, you know, kind of uh, denigrate the arts. And it's just, it's frustrating. But to be honest with you, it's not all that unusual. Mm. Yeah, these are people who just care about trust funds uh, and offshore bank accounts. You're not going to get them uh, rallying around uh, theatre. So we've got to do this on our own. We always have done. It's a, it's a full-on struggle. I'm not going to deny it. And when people are actively insulting us uh, on social media and, and on, uh, on the um, ITV news, uh, <laughs> it, takes a, it does take a little bit um, of a moment to be able to tell yourself, it's fine, we'll carry on, we'll do our thing. We know that there's an audience out there. We know there are people who are passionate about theatre uh, and the ballet and the opera and all live performance, basically. 
this is a, a tough battle, um, but we've always been in tough battles, you know, for the last four decades, it's been tough and uh, we'll, it'll continue, uh, we'll continue to find ways, ways through it. Absolutely. You know, COVID does mean that uh, we can't sit safely in, 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 in a theater very easily. So we have to acknowledge that and then um, work with what we've got. And I can see people doing that already. You know, I, I went to my first audition last week um, and uh, it, well, since, you know, since lockdown um, and uh, it was brilliant. It was so emotional and so exciting and just sort of standing in front of a panel and it, it was a sort of a magical thing and you sort of forget just how special that in itself is. Standing yeah. and putting yourself to test for a role, but doing it uh, uh, after months of not doing it, having to be told, can you, you can take your mask off now. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and realizing, yeah, no, we're still here and we're still battling it out. Easy, but it's yeah, that's uh, yeah, a really wonderful response and truly articulate as well. Um, Michael, lovely, lovely little chat with you. Let's just end on. Um, what have you been doing when we're in lockdown? What are some of the activities or the hobbies that you got into, or what Netflix uh, series did you um, get through in a day? Yeah, I mean, it's probably everybody else's story as well. But, you know, normal, normal people was incredible. Succession was incredible. Um, uh, Better Call Saul. Uh, I've just watched a David Attenborough film, which is unbelievably good. I mean, yeah. literally, it should be part of a syllabus in a school. It's so brilliant. So uh, a lot of that also making bread, doing a load of cooking, barbecuing for my mates and, <laughs> uh, and uh, walking the dog who is, uh, you know, going through this with a dog has been an absolute godsend. I highly recommend it. Excellent. I mean, Michael, you're so truly passionate about this industry and um and you're there for the fight. So um, yeah, this has just been really wonderful. And to kick this little series off, I don't know how it's going to be uh, perceived or how it's going to go, but um, I think this is a pretty good start. Thanks, Rory. <laughs>